up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. You're wearing your Christmas shirt. Yeah. Uh, what gave it away? Well, you wore it last year. Oh, I thought it was the, the giant Santa on the front. Oh, is it? Does it light up? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, the whole entire thing. It's actually just a giant LED screen. That's kind of Does dumb. Molly have one that matches? Uh-huh. We all do. We, we always match. It doesn't matter if it's a holiday or not, Phil. I was going to ask if Rue has a Christmas sweater, but... I guess like her entire coat is kind of a Christmas sweater. It's more of a Christmas scarf that she has. How does she? Yeah. She doesn't eat it? No. No. She doesn't eat cloth. My my dog did. Oh, I was going to ask. That's why, that's why the story is in past tense. Yeah. Oh, Dennis. I'm assuming it was Dennis. <laughs> yeah, it was Dennis. <laughs> what a good dog. But it's, it's not quite Christmas yet, Phil. Not quite. We're getting there. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I, I notice. Uh, it's actually really just barely even past Thanksgiving, it feels like. But I don't know, Phil, this year is going by quick. Kind of the impetus for today's episode. Our uh, Thanksgiving episode, that is. Because I don't know if you remember in our Thanksgiving episode, we talked about mashed potatoes. Love those things. No, that was actually a really good episode. I learned a lot about how not to overmix them. I mean, it totally makes sense, like to treat your mashed potatoes the way you would dough, because you kind can definitely, absolutely overwork your dough. So why not make mashed them potatoes? Too? Yeah, you know. Then we kind of talked about two different types of mashed potatoes, like a, a super refined version, of like a French pom puree, and then like a quick and easy version using. The microwave. Wait, is this episode about other things that you can cook in the microwave? Or maybe just about microwaves in general. Okay. Like, I don't know if you knew this, but you can you can also reheat things in a microwave, like yesterday's dinner. Can or, you? Okay, you could take your entire Thanksgiving meal and you can reheat it in the microwave. Don't know if you knew that, Chris. That's actually a, a thing. People do that. Wow. I didn't know that you could use a microwave for that, Phil. Yeah, <sighs> pizza, spaghetti, pancakes... Yeah, you could you could do all of those things in the microwave, Phil. Chris, what else can you do in a microwave? Tell us all the things. Well, the reason I wanted to dive into the microwave a little bit is it's just such an interesting part of our kitchen, and it seems like it's kind of fraught with both myths and ill use. Okay. There's kind of this, I feel like at large, there might be this prevailing idea that a microwave is just like the lazy appliance that might be a little dangerous for us and makes food that's just kind of eh. Well, uh, yeah, but I mean, for kind of good reason. Have you ever microwaved chicken in the microwave? That, okay, that's a little redundant and repetitive. It makes it rubbery. Does it not? I think it's one of those things that you have to realize what it's doing and use it as a tool appropriately. I think there are plenty of things that way, like a broiler. You can't you can't cook everything under a broiler. Sure. Although my dad's oven, so we were we did Thanksgiving at his house this year, and I'm fairly certain only the broiler works. I don't know if it's just like wired incorrectly, but I tried to cook some green bean casserole and I had it in the oven for five minutes and the top was completely scorched. That 
sounds. It was, it's kind of like a joke. Sounds like your broiler. Like, so Phil, you know, kind of like we often do just like a super quick history of the microwave. It's been around for a little while-ish. The invention or discovery of uh, microwaves and their use in heating food kind of goes back to 1945. There was a guy named Percy Spencer. He was working for Raytheon on uh, kind of these large active uh, radar installations. And the myth that kind of goes around, he had a, a chocolate bar in his pocket that started melting and he realized it was due to this microwave energy that was coming off the radar. And that inspired him to kind of do some some experiments with, with microwaves. And what do you think the first thing that he cooked with a microwave was, Phil? A cat. Close, close. Wait, was it a, was it living? Was it like... No. A mouse? Okay, no. I'm sorry. PETA, you guys, this was a joke. I'm so not sorry. Phil, it was popcorn. The first oh, thing made yeah. with a microwave was popcorn. And then after that, Did he... it work? Yeah, yeah, apparently. After that, he... Uh, I think tried to hard boil an egg or something and it ended up exploding all over his assistant, but the popcorn worked. It exploded all over his assistant. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. I like this guy, Percy. So, you know, the, the microwave, especially through the fifties and sixties and even seventies had a lot of various iterations. Actually, there was a time where it was built into like a conventional oven. So you could, you could have a, a microwave oven range combo thing and you know you had like a traditional heating element or you could turn on the microwave yeah seems useful yeah so it seemed like maybe about the 70s or so that it, it really evolved into the the compact countertop fitting unit that we have today so phil how do you think that a microwave is actually like cooking whatever you put inside of it you always ask the tough questions i don't know i i just assumed that it was some sort of magic happening like the way a car turns on or the way a light turns on, it's just like science. I don't know. Sure, yeah. There, it cooks my food. It's like there really is a lot of science there. Works. I know it has something to do with radiation. I know that yes. if you stick your head in the microwave, it's probably not going to have very good results for you. Well, you might suffocate. I mean, also, if you can shut the door, you have other issues. Infinite jest. Yeah. It, it is a type of radiation, kind of. It's not. It's not the same as, say, you know, gamma rays or or things like that things that are considered ionizing radiation it is it is technically a non-ionizing radiation you know microwaves are actually radio waves and the microwave is just like a specific frequency in the radio wave spectrum and you know so they're just really small sure i i, I don't know the i don't know the exact frequencies that are being used but it is technically an electromagnetic radiation. And so what's happening is that it, it affects molecules that are polarized. So like a, a water molecule is actually polarized. You know, one end has more of a positive charge than the other end. And so the electromagnetic radiation causes those water molecules to spin and that creates that thermal energy. So really in a microwave, the microwaves are causing the water to kind of move and create this thermal energy that then cooks the food that you have. Interesting. Yeah. Who needs Bill Nye when you've got Chris Douglas? Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, Bill Nye just released a masterclass recently. Did he now? Yeah. It's like on, you know, the actual masterclass.com. Yeah. Like an actual masterclass, not like when people claim to have a masterclass and it's just them talking in front of a camera. 
Yes, that. The, the masterclass right. that's well thought out with absolutely fantastic production value. Yeah. Yeah, that masterclass. Yeah, and it's super interesting so far. Also, uh, Lewis Hamilton just released one today. Did he really? Yeah. Jeez, everybody's got a masterclass. The winning <laughs> mindset. How to race a car. Sure, that too. So yeah, uh, you know that, that's kind of what a, a microwave is doing. And with that in mind, you can almost think of it as like a quick steamer. Yeah, and that, so, that checks out. And so not everything is necessarily made to be steamed. And you can also think of a microwave as, a, as an interesting tool to use in combination with other tools in your kitchen. So, I mean, one of the downsides to a microwave is, you know, if you're steaming something, you're not going to be getting the temperatures that give you that Maillard reaction. So you don't really have that browning, which a lot of the really great flavors that we have in just, you know, in, in food in general and cooking come from those types of reactions. So... You know, if you're if you're uh, feeling like your food is either either mushy or not quite flavorful, you know, say you steam some, I don't know, broccoli or whatever. It's also entirely possible to finish that out, you know, under that broiler being roasted, getting a little a little uh, browning action going on, Phil. Yeah, that that seems seems like a good idea. It's interesting because if if the microwave is somewhat of a steamer, obviously not all things should be steamed, but perhaps those that could very well be steamed like your broccoli analogy maybe that's just something that can very easily be cooked in the microwave like it goes both ways you know what i mean yeah and you can do a lot more than just steam in the microwave but it's interesting to start to think in terms of what a microwave is good for the things that like it excels at and then other things that you know you can do to pick up the slack i guess and so it can work pretty well as like a, a defroster it, it takes a little bit longer since frozen water isn't as affected by the, the microwaves as as liquid water, but it, it can be something that you use as a defroster and then finish off somewhere else. So not just steaming. I guess what I'm trying to say is that steaming is the rule of thumb, but obviously what you're suggesting is that it's, uh, you know, it, it can do other things. That's not the only thing that it's, that it's good for, but maybe that's one of the one of the criteria, if you're just if you're trying to decide what can be cooked in the microwave and what can't, steaming is definitely at the top of that list. Is that right or no? Yeah, no, I, I think that's one of the ways that you can think of a microwave is is kind of as as a steamer. You know, if if you're gonna most of the things that you put in there, it's going to bring out a lot of the moisture in it. So thinking in terms of is this going to be good if it's like moist or are there other better ways of cooking it. Just because I, th I think a, a lot of times people also think of the microwave as the quick option where, you know, sometimes something like a toaster oven or or just like your oven, those are going to be just as quick and that drier heat might actually better serve whatever you're trying to make or reheat. Sure. So kind of all of that to say that if you're if you're going for leftovers, Phil, you don't have to automatically just put those in the microwave. And maybe that's one of the reasons that leftovers kind of get a bad rap is because they get a little soggy in the microwave and it's just not quite as good as the first time. Yeah, like squash is already pretty mushy. If you're going to reheat it, the microwave is maybe not the best option. No. No. And and maybe you can do kind of like we mentioned, like a little bit of a split technique where you if you have some leftovers that are, say, like a little bit frozen or something, you can you can thaw it in the microwave and then toss it under the broiler to like, you know, dry out and crisp up anything that needs it. That kind of brings about another characteristic of the microwave is that, you know, it cooks from the outside in. So oftentimes, you know, if you are just running it at its normal power, you're going to 
have the out, outside of whatever you're cooking get pretty hot pretty quick and the inside might still be like even frozen you know if if you had something coming out of out of the freezer and with that i don't think a lot of people kind of realize that you know a microwave can run on different power levels and so you can kind of you know maybe maybe apply a little bit of that thinking that we might use on the grill to the microwave you can really turn the power way down and extend your time and allow the whole entire you know, food item to cook a little bit more thoroughly that way. So like the defrost option on a microwave is obviously cooking it at a much lower temperature. Like if I hit defrost, yeah. you know, like my microwave will ask me, okay, well, how much meat are you defrosting? And so I'll just, I'll, I'll select something like two pounds or something like that. And then it'll, it'll cook for like 20 or 30 minutes in the microwave. Right. But it's just because it's a, it's at a much lower temperature, I would imagine. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's like exactly what it's doing. It's just taking it down to like 20 or 30%. And, you know, it's kind of the, the same idea as so many things that we cook. If you cook something on high heat, like that, the exterior is going to be done before the core temperature comes up to the same level, just because heat radiates from the outside in. And so that's, that is really that same. That same principle with a microwave. So there does seem to be something magic about like setting it at half power and doubling the amount of time that you're going to put something in for. Because I mean, even if you're like reheating a bowl of leftovers or whatever, so often, at least I've noticed that, you know, that the outer edges of it could be like super, super hot and then the middle ice cold. Yeah. Lasagna. I just think yes. of lasagna. Yes. Right? That's like the in the inner layers. Great example. Phil. The the inner layers are going to be cold when the outside are yeah. burning your lips. I'm very proud of you for that example, Phil. Do you like lasagna? Oh, I don't know. Do, wait, did I find a food that you liked? I mean, lasagna is fine. It's not my favorite Italian food, but it's fine. What is your favorite Italian food? Uh, I think we've talked about this. I I am a carbonara I fan, Phil. Yeah, who doesn't love good carbonara? We had an entire episode yeah, on carbonara. Yeah, we did. That or like a, a cashew pepe. Yeah. I think I like simpler pastas, but that's exactly what's going on, Phil. And that's how we can solve that. No more icy centers, Phil. Just lower your power and extend your time. Or just deconstruct the lasagna. That is another option, I guess. <laughs> just, just just, uncover it, you know? Separate the layers into like a sheet pan size. It's just one little square of lasagna. But if you think about the surface area of that thing, I mean, they can fill up your whole microwave. You could. You cook it pretty fast. Yeah. It all comes down to the thickness of your... I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get back to you for Tuesday's episode. So, I don't know. I think all in all, Phil, I think a microwave can be a really interesting and, and kind of versatile part of, I guess, your, your kitchen toolbox. Just knowing, A, how to use it, how the power settings work, that like alone can be a game changer for a lot of things. But then also knowing what it's good at and how to like use it in its right space and, and what else you can use in conjunction with a microwave because your oven still is a, a pretty fantastic option for, for a lot of things and can really make up for some of the, the microwaves shortfalling. Well, Chris, all of this sounds incredibly fascinating to me. And I feel like I've learned a lot about the microwave, how it works, why we should use it. But I do have one burning question and I have some concerns. I'm hoping you can help me rest easy tonight. If one could look through the glass, you know how like the microwaves often have the, like the glass has, like it's, it's almost like it's speckled. So it sounds like a clear view of the food. Yeah. Right. Suppose someone could look through that and suppose that person was me and suppose 
this hypothetical situation happened earlier today. If I if I stared through that glass, I think you already have cancer. The entire Phil. cook time. Yeah, am I gonna live? Y- yeah, probably. But your your eyes are done for. Oh man, I just got these things too. No, actually, that's that's one of those myths that I feel like has been around for a while. That a microwaves are are dangerous, and b if you're looking through or even kind of too close to them, that you're gonna I don't know get cancer or something crazy like that. Microwaves like directly at your body is probably not like the best thing, but kind of like we mentioned earlier, it's a, it's a non-ionizing radiation. So basically it's not going to change any of the molecules that it hits. So something like, you know, the, the other radiation that you think of as being very cancer forming. Oh, one of the things that it's doing is like it's it's moving fast enough that it's breaking off electrons, like particles are moving fast enough that, you know, it's it's breaking apart like molecules and changing their their structure. You know, I guess by its name, ionizing radiation could be breaking off electrons. And like at that point, it's actually changing the molecules that it's hitting where microwaves don't necessarily do that, but they're also built really well and consciously. Basically, that that speckled stuff that you see in a door is, I guess, technically more or less, it's it's all like a Faraday cage that the, the microwave has built into it. So it doesn't allow any any signal in or out any any of those radio waves you can actually like put your your phone in a microwave and it's not going to get any signal like you can call it and it won't ring because that that faraday cage is going to be blocking the cellular signals just like it would those those uh radio waves fascinating might have to try that later. I might want to clean out my microwave first, because so I, I think I think that was a myth that you know microwaves are dangerous. That like stuff that you put in it is somehow radioactive. It's not. It's not even close to being radioactive, Phil. And microwaves are are well built enough that like you can stand right next to them, and you're going to be fine. Okay, that does make me feel better. So the microwave. So thank you, Jack Donaghy. The microwave, Phil. Oh.